It's a goal! He's done it! Yeah, what a shot! This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Just Sports. Hello and welcome to Just Sports. It's International Women's Day and uh, my friend Rahul Puri is in Bahrain. But we are recording because we have promised you that every week we will cover sports for you. Hello Rahul from India to Bahrain. Hello Summer. How are things in India? Um, as you left them, it's pretty much the same. Yes, I left them. It's just international. It's just International Women's Day. So yeah, wishing all the wonderful women out there. You guys rock. Absolutely. Okay, so what did you discuss today? We have to discuss the India Australia Test match because that's something that had its own share of drama. We're going to discuss Sakshi Malik, a woman who made us proud, but the state government does not seem to live up to its promises. We're going to discuss the. PSL final that happened in Lahore and is cricket ready to come back to Pakistan? And the perennial question that everybody has been asking for the last so many years, is it the end of the road for Arsene Wenger? So let's start with the India-Australia Test Match. Rahul, a great comeback by India, but there are many chinks in the armour and it's not going to be a cakewalk like I said. I can tell you that. No, it, it was a, first and foremost, it was a wonderful test match. It was a really, really It was a great test, test match. match. It was a great test match. Um, very gripping, enjoyed it thoroughly, um, and a, a wonderful comeback uh, from the Indian team, um, you know. But I think that what we're all going to have to get used to seeing if we play, keep playing on surfaces like this is that, you know, it is really going to be a bit of a lottery in terms of who wins and who loses because it is going to take it takes one good innings it took one good pujara innings to give india get set australia a target that india then bowled them out for so you know if if we're going to continue to play on pitches like this you know as a spectacle um, it might be a, it might be a hell of a lot of fun because um, there's going to be an awful lot of drama and an awful lot of tension there but should we be playing on wickets like this? I'm not interested. Yeah, also, you know, also I have, a, I, I mean, it was a great test match and yes, we won the test match and stuff. But, you know, I have fundamental questions about the, the, the team composition. Why was Abhinav Bukhan given a chance in a match where, you know, there was so much at stake? Ishan Sharma was persisted with. I think these are questions that need to be answered. I mean, you have batsmen, you have a Manish Pandey, you have, you know, other, other players who are waiting at the wings. But why tinker with the side? And, and, and you know, not have the batting depth that you would want or you would require. Oh, more than that, I mean, I mean, more than Abhinav Mukund, which I agree was a, a bit of a strange choice um, after he'd been out of the test side for so long. Um, what about not bowling Jadeja? I mean, what ha- happened between Kohli and Jadeja on that uh, on that second day? I mean, you know, Jadeja was the one who finally, you know, bowled Australia out in that in that first innings. But in, in that, on the first day, when uh, you know it looked like Australia might score enough runs to really take the game away from from India, Kohli just seemed almost reluctant to bowl Jadeja, um, and and just you know persevering with Ashwin and Ashwin and Ashwin and Ashwin. So I mean it, it was a it was a good test match because I think there were lots of mistakes made um, both in the batting and in the bowling and in the captaincy, um, and of course it was a very good test match because there was a hell of a lot of needle on that. Uh, a field and uh, you know it boiled over into the press conference that followed up. Yeah, also I think it also it also put in question and I think it was a test and I would say that Virat Kohli did not pass the test of temperament. You know, yes, he's aggressive, yes, all of that, but captaincy is a lot more. And I think 
these and these kind of test matches are actually going to hone that skill of remaining calm under pressure, you know, keeping the faith and being able to think straight. So I think I think the test match is 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 a great example that Virat Kohli still has a long way to go. And when he goes internationally, where playing a Mitchell Stark is going to be next to impossible, it's going to be an asset test for his captaincy, not just on, on Indian pitches. Well, I, you know, I, I I have a lot of time for Virat Kohli. I think he's I, I think he's 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 a, he's a great um, example of of how competitive you need to be in cricket. But so, I felt that he I felt he crossed the line in the press conference. I, I felt that there was no need. He'd won the Test match. I mean, you know, be, be gracious when you when you lose, but be gracious when you win as well. And I think that you know he him coming out and all but saying that Steve Smith cheated. Um, I, I think it was very juvenile. I think it was very naive. And I think that you know it's almost like Kohli wants to create um, this uh, this feeling of um, you know uh, aggression, um, not just for his team but also for the entire media and strangely enough the entire country. Um, so that I think that's something that, that motivates him uh, more and more. And uh, I, I'm not, I'm sorry, but I, I still am a bit of a purist. I believe that cricket is a gentleman's game and I, I don't think there's any, uh, I, I don't think there's any place for, for that. Yes, Steve Smith uh, looked towards the dressing room um, when perhaps he shouldn't have, um, but uh, not good. It yeah, but also good, I feel that on his on-field behavior also, Rahul, I mean, aggression is fine. But it cannot be 24-7. I mean, there has to be a certain sense of calmness. And maybe that aggression clouds his judgment, like what you said about Jadeja. You know? It does. It, it does. it very much does. But I think that there's a showman in Kohli. Um, you could see, in every, you know, in every celebration that, that you know, every wicket that India got. He was, he was playing to the crowd. He was playing to the, the spectators watching this game on television um there's a there's you know there's a performer there but but that's also a double-edged sword because i mean till the time you're successful it's great but if you're not these crowds are going to come back and bite you in the ass no they may well be and and i hope um i hope that the rest of the series stays very very competitive i mean i i did uh, write yesterday that that i felt that uh whichever team lost this game might just capitulate now in the rest of the series. I don't and think I Australia has a happen. team like that. I, I hope I, I hope that Australia remain um, calm. They remain composed, and it's very strange in a way to see an Australian side so calm and composed, um, and an Indian team on the other hand um, almost uh, uh, you know behaving like the Australians. Fever pit. Okay, so I think the, the series is well set up, and I think the next match is going to be really really cool. And it's also in Ranchi, where again, it's, it's you know, the pitch is not the best. So, it's again back to the lottery, Rahul, like you said? No, without doubt. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lottery um, situation that's going to go on. And, uh, you know, if you get pitches like this, uh, you know, it's going to be a bit of a lottery. But um, uh, hopefully, it, it stays competitive and, and we get a good series. Okay, so moving on from India versus Australia... We move to another part of cricket and Pakistan, the, the, the PSL, which is the equivalent of the IPL, you know, held its final in Lahore. A lot of foreign players didn't attend it, but it was the first attempt to have cricket back in Pakistan. 
Imran Khan has not been too happy about it. He's just called, you know, the foreign players who came to attend uh, the, the finals fatichers. That's what the media has said. But I think it's a brave attempt. I think it's just an attempt to bring cricket back to Lahore and to Pakistan because, you know, someday you'll have to play cricket there. It, it's it's a step in the right direction, no, Raul. No, no, I, th- I think it was, a, it, it was definitely it was a calculated risk uh, that, that at some stage had to be taken. You know, Imran Khan... Uh, spoke about the fact that uh, if something had gone wrong, um, cricket would never be able to return to Pakistan and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But it, it didn't. I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't go wrong. And the PSL um, has been a, a relative success. I mean, I, I think it's been a fairly successful tournament. Yeah, I mean, so, you, had, you, um, had, you had all the top players yeah, play it. The players, have been, the players have been there. The matches have been good. No, no. I mean, kudos. Kudos to... to uh, the the Pakistani uh, cricket board um, for setting it up. Uh, kudos to them having the courage to to take it back to Lahore for the final and and show it to to the fans. And uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of hoping that you know this is the start of a way back for for cricket in Pakistan. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of hurdles to go before that, but. You know, at the end of the day, Pakistan's home is playing in Pakistan, not in Dubai or in Abu Dhabi or wherever it is. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a good step and I think, I, I hope it, you know, continues because, I mean, to be very honest, I don't see international teams going to Pakistan in a hurry because they have always, you know, expressed their reservations about it and I don't see that happening, you know, very quickly despite this finals being held there. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Okay, so moving on from here, we go to... Another person who was not very happy with the Indian government or the Haryana government to say, I mean, that was Sakshi Malik. She tweeted that, you know, all the promises made to her were not lived up to. And, Raul, this is a perennial problem with India. You know, we make these promises, politicians go out there to get their moment of glory. You have the corporates who sign them up and everything. And the follow-up is always the problem. It's been going on for so, so very long. It's an, it's an unfortunate story, but it's uh, here's this girl who goes out and wins medals and does India proud, and and lots of politicians then pile in for photo ops and stuff like that, and make her promises and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And as with everything in India, there is so much red tape that, that nothing, nothing comes to her. You know, she doesn't get what... She's now been promised, um, you know, and, and it's not about whether she deserves it or doesn't deserve it. I mean, if, if a politician stands up in front of the media and promises you something, I mean, the least that they can do is ensure that you get it. Yeah, also, and also Rahul, I think the, the big problem over here that we, you know, need to address is the fact that these politicians make it into a photo op. And after that, because it's social media now, the athletes have a way of going out there. But now the blame is going to be put on her, that she was a crybaby. She's been cribbing. It's... It's a little unfair. I mean, all she did was express something that is not being done, which should have been done because you went ahead and promised it. Yeah, absolutely. Of course it should have been done. I mean, quite frankly, there should be a a standard in place for all of our, our athletes that win medals, especially at the Olympics or at the Commonwealth Games or, or represent India and do well for India. There should be a standard. I mean, there should be a standard of what they ask to receive from the central government, from the state government, and then whatever else sort of comes on top from absolutely. Comes I mean, on top. Make but, it... you know, I mean, it, it is it is ridiculous that that we you know these these poor athletes have to keep you know it's almost like begging. It's almost like begging these guys accountable. Yeah, it's almost like begging for something that is rightfully yours, and I think. I think what you said right now, Rahul, is, is, is something which is a great suggestion that 
make it a standard that if you win a gold medal, this is what you will get. If you win a silver, this is what you will get. And anybody wants to top it up, top it up, because that's the only way to incentivize athletes to go out there and win glory for the country. Absolutely. I mean, it's high time because this is, you know, not the first time that this is happening. This is the sec, not the second time this is happening. This is a perennial story, a perennial story of, you know, uh, a new medal winner uh, who, or, who has achieved something for the country that, you know, is then not delivered on what all the promises that are given to them. I mean, it, it's just, it's terrible. It's terrible how they're let down and forgotten and, and nobody then cares about them. Um, you know, after all of that hard work that they've put in to achieve for the country. Okay, so, I mean, more power to Sakshi Malik and more power to you, girl. I mean, go out there and get what you deserve because that's what was promised to you. And Absolutely. moving on to our last topic for the day, Arsene Wenger. Bayern Munich comes and decimates Arsenal at Emirates. Is this the final nail in the coffin? Because this had not even happened the last time when Bayern had, you know, still got through. But Emirates was a different result. It's It's got to be the end, doesn't it? It has to be the end. Um, you know, I think Arsenal's... Now, the, the last three matches against Bayern Munich, the aggregate score is 15-3. Um, last three times they've played Bayern Munich, they've lost 5-1. Um, you know, I, I think that Wenger's lost... Uh, he's lost the dressing room. He's lost the players. Um, he's certainly lost half of the fans. Um, you know, the Arsenal board are getting slated um, for this uh, almost uh, never-ending... Uh, desire of theirs to to win a, a cup and and you know come forth and as long as they do that they'll keep handing out um, you know these these almost you know uh, retirement packages to to their their backroom staff and their managers and stuff like that but I mean you know it, it's enough I, I think it's enough I, I don't see Arsenal coming top four I can't see them coming top four. Um, they have the hardest run-in, I think, of the top six. I think where they're playing five of the top eight teams in their last 12 games. Um, so I don't see them coming uh, fourth. I, I don't see them coming fourth at all. And I think that if they don't come fourth and, you know, probably, you know, whether they're going to win the FA Cup or not, I, I don't really know. But, you know, if they don't win anything this season, I think that it has to be a time for the Arsenal board to look if Wenger doesn't have it in himself to say, you know what, I think I've taken this club as far as I can go, then it's time the board do something about it. Yeah, because um, I think but, even, you know, if even like if I've always said, I, I think the struggle for Arsenal is not getting rid of Wenger. And I, th I think that that's not what the board are looking around for. It's about who's going to come in. looking around for somebody to bring in. Absolutely. And, and whoever they're going to bring in, the board has to make promises to that person in terms of how much money they're going to give to spend, how much money... What kind of players are they going to bring with them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Arsenal are a hugely rich club. They've got enough money. But we all know that they do have this issue of spending, you know, they, for some reason. A lot of people blame Wenger for it, but they do have this issue of spending. And a lot of the potential um, successes to Wenger are going to want those commitments. Yeah, Otherwise, because I, mean, I, think, I think the question that, that the question needs to be asked is that, yes, Wenger needs to be out, but who needs to come in? Because there is also a paucity of great managers around the globe. I mean, there are not many managers who are free right now. There are not many managers who are, you know, uh, out of jobs. And if you need to pry out somebody from an already existing job, I completely agree with you, Rahul, that you need to make promises like Jose Mourinho was made at Manchester United, 
or Pep Guardiola was made at Manchester City saying, we are going to give you the money to go out and die the players. Will Arsenal be willing to do that? See, the the other thing that everybody needs to remember is that, you know, uh, Mourinho walked into a Manchester United which had been through Moyes and been through Van Gaal. Arsenal, at the moment, is Arsene Wenger. He's been there for 20 years, right? Every single thing at that club in terms of football um, is all organized around Wenger. The task a new manager coming into Arsenal at the moment. It's not undoing what Amoyes had done or undoing what Avangala had done because they've only been there for what, a year, a couple of years, a year and a half. This is undoing 20 years. Of, and bring a new style legacy. and bring his new identity. It's going to be a tough job. It's a tough ask to follow. And, you know, Arsenal fans um, believe that changing a manager is going to bring them instant success. It doesn't work like that. That's not... That's not who Arsenal are. Arsenal aren't that kind of club. Um, it is going to take a new manager a very long time, um, a good season, a season and a half, to establish uh, how they want the club to function under them. Because Wenger's been there for so, so long. And, and you know, I, I just feel that for him, for somebody who's, who's given that club so much, um, I just wish that he has the good sense now to to not make it any more toxic than it is, so that he, he gets his due. He gets the credit that he deserves um, for turning Arsenal into the club that they are. Um, and, he, you know, if he lingers on, then I just feel that that might be very badly tainted. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I go back to Sir Alex Ferguson. He left at the top. He got what he deserved. He got all the respect. And he left before it became toxic. I think Arsene Wenger needs to leave for his own legacy to be protected. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, without without a doubt. And I think, think that the longer he kind of holds on to that and the longer he makes statements that, that you know, um, my job isn't under threat, I can be here for another two years, the longer he does that, I think the longer this malaise is going to continue. Okay, so maybe this is the end of the Arsene Wenger era at Arsenal. But this is definitely the end of this podcast. Rahul is in Bahrain. He'll be back to India and then we will be sitting face to face. Have a good trip, Rahul. This is the end of Just Sports and uh, I will see you soon. Yeah, no, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. I will uh, see you across the table next week rather than doing this on, on uh, over the internet, which will be much nicer. Okay, Rahul, take care. Have safe journeys. And guys, you guys, keep following us. Keep uh, listening to us. Send us your feedback and we'll be back next week. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.